Praise the Lord. It's interesting with the politics of this last couple weeks with um, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, um, President's nomination being sought to, being placed in and confirmed. There's been a bit of a political chaos last couple of weeks and hopefully y'all been praying I know by God's grace I have fervently and I think it's all because of the same purpose our motives are the same that uh, God would be honored and that the truth would come out and that the constitution would be followed and that our nation would be blessed of God And it's interesting because that's what our forefathers wanted and that's why they dispersed across the seas to come here and live in this new America was to have true political and religious freedoms that were uh, God-given rights and blessings and to uh, to do it in a way that pleased the Lord And they could experience the fullness of their freedoms to worship God. Well, it's interesting that they were fulfilling the mandate to go disperse throughout the earth. And they weren't doing it just by fluffy choice of happiness. And this is what we all want to do, even though we have 12 choices. They were compelled to do so. They were compelled because of tyranny and injustice and bondages against them. And it seems like that's what it's always been, is we always have to be compelled or forced in some sense to be blessed. So I want to look now at the Tower of Babel and see how, once again, uh, we have to be forced uh, to do things that in the end are a blessing from God. Pray with me first that God might... Bless the preaching of his word. Open our eyes, O God, that we may see wonderful things in your law. Lord, this is your word. We tremble, Lord, because the spirit works through your truth and the truth sets us free. So God, as you bring forth your word today through my faulty lips, give me grace to speak the truth in love and powerfully as I ought, O God. Give ears to hear and eyes to see that we all might grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. From glory to glory, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, in order to stand, understand this uh, historical event rightly, the Tower of Babel, which is approximately uh, seventeen to 1,800 years after creation, um, we have to back up and look at the original mandate given to Adam. So I'm going to quote it so you won't have to go there. Genesis 1:26 through 28. The Lord God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over all the earth, over all the living creatures that move on the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful Increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over all the earth. 
over all living creatures that move on the ground. And as we know, um, God gave uh, the covenant of works, the legal obligation to Adam. He said, you may eat fruit from any tree in the garden, but but you must not eat fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. And as we know, Adam ate. He rebelled against God, listened to his wife instead of God. Who was, she was deceived by Satan. And uh, because of that, the curse of God and his wrath uh, came upon Adam and the woman and all of us as represented in Adam. Uh, well, God wasn't playing when he said, you will die. Adam instantly spiritually died. He started to physically die. And uh, deserved eternal damnation. And was under God's wrath. God also made another promise. Hallelujah. He said to Satan, who thought he ruined everything. He said, Satan, I'm going to save the woman. I'm going to produce godly offspring through her. Even a savior someday who will crush your head. Genesis 3.15. We call it Proto-Evangelium. The first evangelistic promise. Satan thought he ruined everything. God says... I will make enemies, Satan, between you and the woman. I'm going to save the woman. And between your offspring and hers, I'm going to give her a godly offspring. He, one of those godly offspring, will crush your head, will defeat you, and you will strike his heel. Adam renamed his wife, believing the promise. God brought shed blood. Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them as the sacrament of the covenant of grace. And praise the Lord, the story of redemption started. Well, as we know, Adam and Eve now uh, had Cain and Abel. Cain wanted to do a religious works uh, salvation attempt. And Abel, by faith, in the promised Messiah, brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. He brought shed blood. As we know... Cain murdered his brother, Abel. God didn't accept Abel's, excuse me, Cain's offering. Cain was angry and hardened his heart against God's perfect law and standards. Didn't want to trust Messiah. Didn't want to humble himself. He wanted to do it his own way, like most of the world. Like we did before we were saved, praise the Lord. But by God's grace, Abel, through faith, believed And brought shed blood. As we know, Cain murdered his brother Abel. God gave a replacement child for the godly line, Seth. And we see the genealogies of Seth all the way to Noah. Noah was saved by God's grace. The whole world was corrupt and wicked. And violence was all over the whole earth, it says. Wicked actions everywhere. And... God said, I'm going to wipe it all out. That's it. But he saved Noah by grace and Noah's three sons and Noah's wife and their wives. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Through the ark. Right after they came off the ark in Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. Right after he comes off the ark, it says, Noah built an altar to the Lord. 
and brought some of the clean animals and clean birds and made burnt offerings on it. And the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma. Because the shed blood sacrifice pictured the future Messiah, Christ, Savior, who would pay for our sins, who would atone for the offended justice of God. Noah had faith in the promised Messiah. Hallelujah. God has always been merciful to those who have faith in the promised Messiah. We have a mediator who stands as our intercessor. Hallelujah. For God's mercy in Christ Jesus for all ages. Well, once again, this is where I want to really dig in a little bit. Uh, Genesis chapter 9 verse 1. God says to Noah and his sons, he said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Hmm. Then he says in 9-7, as for you, be fruitful and increase in number, multiply on the earth and increase upon it. It wasn't a rule over command any longer. They forfeited that. Satan became the god of this world. But the Christ was promised. And if you wanted to have any kind of successful dominion over the fall and Satan, you had to get under the promised Messiah. No longer. No longer was Adam king of the earth. But the seed of the woman was going to come and crush Satan's head and bring us victory. And through faith in that, we could have victory even then. Well, God said to Noah and his family, he said, uh, be fruitful, increase the number, and fill the earth. So all of the world at that point, and all the descendants of Noah, they all came from Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, they knew the gospel. They all believed, at least enough to get on the boat and work hard to make the boat. They all were given that mandate. So when we say people groups who never heard the gospel, in one sense, eh, because all stem from Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and all have heard the gospel originally. All knew the promised Messiah was coming. Well, we see in chapter 10, uh, the table of the nations. This is... Uh, after, actually, chronologically, the Tower of Babel. That's the, this is what happened from the Tower of Babel. But God puts the big picture first, and then he tells us how it happened second. And in chapter 10, we see God dispersed uh, the nations and confused their languages into 70 different people groups or nations originally. Now we're going to see how that happened. And again, this is because man wants to rebel against God. And as we're going to see, man wants to make a name for himself instead of a name for the glory of God. Let's look. Chapter 11, verse 1. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. One language. I, I want to remind you, dear friends, that through one man, Acts seventeen twenty six. through one man, God made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. 
And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. We all came from Adam, then through Noah. So let's uh, throw aside any wicked sin of partiality or racism and think that any culture or people group or skin color is any better than any other because it's just foolishness and satanic. And praise the Lord for the clarity of his word. Can I get an amen? Amen. So the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. So they started to scatter. So we're seeing some obedience. Hmm. Let's see uh, how things start to uh, turn cockeyed if we're not compelled to, to work hard. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Hmm. Two main issues I want to draw out here. Help us, Lord. God's given uh, language, created language, uh, as we are made in his own image. He gave us language skills, mainly to reveal and communicate himself, and that man might reciprocate that in praise and adoration, in worship, and in prayer. That's the main purpose of language. And to have loving relationships with one another for his glory. Everyone who's called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Uh, Faith comes from hearing the message. The message is heard through the word of Christ. We couldn't even have faith without language, without the message. Wow. Mm. Job said, I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Job was so appreciative of the word of God. And the perversion of that language, use of language, and the disobedience and rebellion of man was the main issue here. They said, come, let us make bricks and build a city that reaches to the heavens for our own namesake and make a name for ourselves. Wicked motive number one, self-glory. Self-glory is evil. Seeking your own fame, your own glory, your own praise, your own honor, even your own riches, apart from the glory of God, is evil and sin and wrong. It is actually idolatry in the greatest of senses. As you know, I had 
great bondage with that in my pursuits of, of a world title and self-glory. And that's one of the main reasons, by God's grace and mercy, I retired. is because I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't figure a way to give God all the glory and uh, humble myself through doing that. Praise the Lord, he had a different calling on my life. Amen? Amen? Amen. So self-pursuing self-glory is their great sin here. And they said, so that let us make this tower reaches to the heavens and build the city, protection, right? Safety, structure, nobody's going to harm us. We don't have to listen to God so that we may not have to disperse throughout the earth. What? God said what? Disperse throughout the earth. And they said, let us do this with a tower that reaches to the heavens, our own heaven of heavens, that we may not be scattered throughout the earth. So, man's pursuing his own glory. One, wants to build this huge, tall tower all the way up to the heavens so everybody could see their glory. Wow. So that God sends another flood. They'll be safe. They'll be plenty high. Right? Hmm. Got to think about that. What are they thinking coming off the flood, huh? With a big city, with some walls around it. Nobody's going to stop us. We're men. I am man. Hear me roar. Scary. Help us, Lord. Sorry, women. I claimed that song for a minute. And they're flat out disobeying God's word. I, I I just want to... Get that out real clear. Let's see what happens. So this is man's motives and actions to rebel against God and to seek his own glory and fame. But the Lord said, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. Hmm. That's interesting. But the Lord came down. I, I always struggled with that because, as we know, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. God is omnipresent, right? In the highest of heavens, God is. So what is this the Lord came down? Well, I think it's holy sarcasm. I think it's God mocking their tower that reaches to the heavens. <laughs> God, God says, let us go down. Let us go way down. Let us go to the lowest cloud. Come on, Michael and Gabriel. I can see the pre-incarnate Christ taking on a temporary form there. Let's go down and, and look at this little puny tower that they think is their glory. <laughs> Michael, where is it? I can't see it. Oh, it's down there, Father. Man's works for their own glory are a joke compared to God's work and His glory. It says in Psalm 2, Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord. And against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. 
And you know what the scripture says? The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He talks about his Christ, that he is installed as the judge and the savior. Man's attempt at self-glory are ridiculous, and God mocks it with holy laughter. And yet with wrath and justice and judgment. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Hmm. Evil would prevail far more with the one world language and government. Did you catch that? Evil would prevail far more with the one world language and government. God wanted us to disperse throughout the earth, to have local government and local uh, states and countries, not one massive world government, because he knew the great degree of evil men were capable of. They would try to destroy the church as they did pre-flood. God had to wipe out the whole world. And now they're trying to disobey God, take their own glory, and in that sense, destroy the church. And here we go. Here, here goes God once again doing his work and compelling, even forcing obedience, even by the non-believing world. God says, let us go down, <laughs> way down, way down to see their little city, their little tower. Let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. And you can get an idea of this, right? Your, your uh, let's say uh, English, obviously, uh, modern English wasn't around back then, but let's say you spoke English and, and you looked at your friend at that point and said, Man, what's going on? And he said, uh, Porque la paga de pecado es la muerte. You'd be like, wow, what? You look over at your other friend. Did you hear what he said? And your other friend said, She did well. You certainly couldn't get work done with good communication. <laughs> so, What's it say? It says, so the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth. Who did that? The Lord did that. God compelled them, forced them to be obedient to his command. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there... The Lord confused their language of the whole world. The Lord confused the language of the whole world. Wow. Hmm. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Man rebelled, wanted his own glory once again. 
and wanted to defy God and be comfortable and stay in one place and, and just make a glorious heaven for himself. But God, with holy, holy sarcasm, said, let's see this puny little finite mortal design of a heaven and a tower and a city and, and let's crush it. Let's see this work of rebellious man, sinful man, who's rebelling, who's committing cosmic treason once again, and show them that that's ridiculous. You might say, well, what's the, what's the bigger redemptive purpose in this historical narrative of the Bible, Pastor Jimbo? And I think that's a great question. And, and I think we need to uh, to dig in a little bit to, to investigate that. Look at Matthew 28 with me. Matthew 28, I'm going from 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Hmm. Therefore, go and make disciples of how many nations? All nations. Ah. Huh. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the end of the age. Let's go back. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 11. One language, one common speech. Now, how easy would it be for uh, a missionary to go to some unreached people group and give them a Bible translation if they all spoke the same language? Wouldn't be, wouldn't even be close. Wouldn't even be close to the Years of understanding the people's history and language and culture and idioms and all the different issues and structure of the language to be able to, to translate, to be able to do, translate a whole different language and to translate the Bible accurately in that. Can you, the work it takes to do that is amazing, but it's done by faith. And in love for the glory of Christ and the good of lost and dying souls. The good of God's people out there that we're called to go find. The greater glory of Jesus Christ is displayed 
through people having different language, tribes, tongues, peoples, and languages. Christ is the author and perfecter of our faith, and he works in and through his people to suffer and agonize and labor and sweat and have tears and and work hard to communicate the gospel to people. And you say, well, how do you know it's going to turn out that way in the end? How do you know that it's really going to be successful? How do you know that this plan is is really going to work? Well, come on, guys. First of all, you know, no plan of the Lord's can be thwarted, as Job said, right? Hopefully we won't have to go through what Job did to learn that. Amen? Amen. Let's look at Revelation together. Chapter 5, verse 10. Everybody knows where Revelation is. That's where everybody wants to read when they're first saved. <laughs> then we have a pastor steer us. To, well, you better start in John. <laughs> Revelation 5. Going from verse 9. Actually, I'm going to go up a little bit. I'm going to start in 6. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, key in here. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in it singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. The greater glory of Christ is why God planned this and allowed man to rebel and try to exalt himself with his one language and his one wicked purpose. Praise the Lord that our hearts are by faith and in love to seek Christ's glory. And praise the love that y'all are doing that in your lives. I want to encourage you to do it ever so much more by continuing to work hard 
with Christ's plan to redeem people. With the gospel from all nations, tribes, tongues, peoples, and languages. So that we all may be in glory someday. One united church praising and adoring him forever and ever and ever. Pray with me toward that end, would you? Lord, you command us to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Lord, you tell us that the gospel is the power of God. You tell us, Lord, the basic saving good news that men are sinful and seek their own glory and disobey God. Yet you, Father, sent your Son to live a perfectly obedient life as a human being. That Jesus went to the cross as the God-man and paid for our sins completely, taking the punishment we deserve. That Jesus rose from the grave on the third day and has been exalted to the highest place. He's poured out his spirit and revealed the fullness of your word. And he continues to illuminate it and empower it for us. Lord, and through faith, repented faith in Jesus Christ, anyone who trusts in him shall be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Lord, we believe. Lord, help us share that with others. Give us grace to be faithful. Thank you for the grace that you've given thus far. What a blessing to be part of your work through this church. Increase it in all of us, God. Make us more successful. Show us your elect, O God. Bring us to them. Lord, be glorified through the work of this church and work the work of each of our hearts, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.